Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you today. Hope that you are able to celebrate Maroon Friday as you choose. Isn't it wonderful that we live in a country that we can celebrate Maroon Friday without persecution? I am repping the uh, Stark Villains brand today with a maroon and white Stark Villains shirt. You can join the tribe, too by going to startvillains.com and ordering your Stark Villain gear. And uh, speaking of Stark Villains, I'm very, very close to uh, having the the writing process over for the new book. Matter of fact, out of 25 chapters, I've got 22 put to bed. And what I mean by that is I've had all the editor's notes come back. I've incorporated those changes. We've pushed that ahead. Just three chapters remain. Just three chapters of rewrites left to do. I will knock that out today. So when I am at Duty Noble Field tomorrow, we'll all have all that stuff resolved. Okay, we're getting very, very close to having a release date for you guys. Excited for you guys to read this. Very, very excited. 
Now, we're in the middle of a, uh, of a weather watch this weekend, as you guys are aware. Let me go ahead and, and make you aware of something for those of you that don't live in the Golden Triangle. We have not had anywhere close to the weather or the rain that people promised us. You know, we are so dependent on this Apple weather app that comes on our phones. You know what I'm saying? And I have learned that future forecasting with that is a bit of an adventure. So we were supposed to be inundated with rain all day yesterday. I think it was supposed to arrive mid-afternoon. Uh, we got some. Uh, we got a couple drizzles. We didn't get much at all. It's supposed to rain all day today. Uh, it is not raining in Starkville. It is not expected to rain substantially in Starkville for some time. Uh, and it's just one of those things you look at. And so there are so many people that are so invested in the weather. You know, it's like we've, we've had it all year. As soon as, soon as the, the calendar turns over, we begin a new week. There's always, you know, folks that jump on here and say, well, you know, weather's going to be a real factor. And the truth of the matter is weather has not been a, a real factor for Mississippi State baseball much of the season. We've had a few instances where we've had to move some, you know, start times around or whatever, and we had a game get pushed back a, a, a time or two. But uh, as of right now, it is uh, not raining in Starkville. Skies are blue. Spirits are high. As it as it says right now, as I'm so dependent on this app, it says that we, we get 30% chance of showers at 3 o'clock. And then it's supposed to rain on and off to around 10 o'clock and then not rain at all uh, in the morning hours. And so I say all that to say this. You know, we're, we're going to play some baseball at some point this weekend. Go ahead and be prepared for that. There are people that are, you know, kind of, you know, there's all these amateur Facebook and social media meteorologist. Okay, I, I'm going to trust the experts. Okay, and uh, here's the deal: they're going to find a window for us to play baseball this weekend. Okay, they'll, they'll figure it out. And there are some people that are already beginning to get anxious and wring their hands about uh, about what would happen if we didn't get the full super regional in. Let me encourage you to kind of save your anxiety for something else. Okay, that that's really not your worry. And I know everybody wants Mississippi State to get to Omaha. Uh, we're not going to be voted in, okay? They're not going to conduct an opinion poll or whatever. You know, here, here's what's going to happen, okay? We're going to play baseball, and we're going to win, and we're going to go to Omaha. It's as simple as that. Will there be some scheduling changes? Possibly. And that's just kind of what, what happens when there's a weather-related event. But I feel really confident that we're going to get a ball game in on, on Saturday. I, I think it is it's apparent that we'll be able to get a game in on Saturday, and then, and then we'll see. And so here's what happens, okay, and I addressed this some on Wednesday. But if there is only one game played, then the winner of that game would advance to Omaha. If there are two games played and there is a split, then the, the better seed would go, which would be Mississippi State. If we play two games and win, none of that matters. You take all of it out of the you know selection committee's hands, you know, and so – that's important to kind of understand. But I expect us to get a couple of games in, and I expect to win those two games, and I expect it to be a big weekend in Starkville. Now, things happen, okay? There's there's the reality of life. But I believe Mississippi State is a better ball team. We're going to get into that today. We're going to kind of break down Stanford and kind of what to expect from uh, from the Cardinal. The Cardinal, the color, not the bird. The Stanford Cardinal, no S, Cardinal. The only S you need to know is... Steve. want to thank our friends at Campus Bookmart. Went by and got some gear there earlier this week, kind of outfitting the family for the weekend. You should do the same. Got the uh, Super Regional T-shirt. You can get that right as soon as you walk in the bully shop. You walk right in the front door. There it is set up for you right there. 
you go ahead and grab that as you walk in or grab it as you walk out. Just make sure you pay for it. Also, they have the, the pinstriped jerseys. Very, very popular item. And uh, I've had standing man tells me that a lot of you guys are buying them because they're they're seeing that uh, that promo code. And you know the promo code, the phrase that pays. Go to campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. So you go buy that jersey and you can have it shipped to your home for free. How cool is that? Just by being a loyal listener of the Boneyard, you can save some money. That's a cool thing. So go by, see them. Uh, went by, and I saw the lovely, talented Susie kind of running the show downstairs, as lovely and talented as always, said that some of you have come in and uh, and uh, have gotten to know her and said hello to her. Now, now I have a revolution of sorts on my hands. Now everybody wants to be mentioned on the show. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to read a litany of names, but everybody down there, courteous, friendly, they'll love you. Go in there. They'll take care of all your maroon and white merchandising needs right there at Campus Bookmark, a Stark Villiard institution. And so let's go ahead and get in here and look at this thing. So Stanford, right out of the gate, there's a couple things that stands out about them. Stanford hits a lot of home runs. And I mean a lot of home runs. I don't know that they've seen, uh, maybe outside of uh, UCLA, have they seen a pitching staff as good as what they're going to see this weekend at Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State is very much the matchup. Kind of, you know, we are the Superman, and they're kind of the uh, – I guess they're trying to be Lex Luthor, and I just don't think that they have – I don't think they've got it, okay? I think Mississippi State's the better team. Now, now, granted, let me tell you a couple of things you need to know. To kind of put things in perspective, Stanford has hit 87 home runs this year, 87. That's a lot. Miami, and you know how many they hit over the weekend. They hit 85. So right in line there, big free-swinging team that swings for defense. They're a launch angle offense. Another launch angle offense that came to Mississippi State was South Carolina. South Carolina just 75 home runs. And they were leading the SEC at the time. Now, it's a little different deal playing ball out here. Okay, we've got the humidity. We've got you know, arguably better pitching. But, uh, you know, Duty Noble plays a little bit smaller than it did pre-construction, pre-John Cohen, you know. It's a much bigger ball field. Not nearly as many home runs hit. And we've added that kind of back to the game. But uh, to kind of give you some of the numbers to kind of make a comparative analysis here, you know, South Carolina, 75 home runs, 511 strikeouts. Miami, 85 home runs, 425 strikeouts. Or pardon me, 475 strikeouts. And Stanford, 87 dingers with 443 strikeouts. So that's kind of, it's kind of a feast or famine type deal with these teams. It's an all or nothing deal. They're going to swing for the fences. They're going to try to put the ball out of the ballpark. They're going to try to put runs on the board. And so as a pitcher, you can kind of use that against them. I was speaking to a Mississippi State baseball family member earlier this week. Asking, hey, would you rather have Fresno or Stanford? He told me Stanford. Felt like Fresno State, you know, had had a big first round arm, and they do. And uh, I suspect he's probably already reported to uh, to rookie ball. But uh, Stanford is one of those teams that, uh, if you can get under barrels, and we explained that on the show last week, if you can get them swinging over the top, get them over swinging a little bit. You can really mount up the case. You can really, 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 really 
put them in a difficult position. Now, if you miss with this, if you leave a couple balls up, they're going to make you pay for it. And as we saw last weekend in the regional championship clinching game, Peyton Plumley came in, gave a really good effort. He leaves one ball up, and they hit it out of the ballpark. There's a couple other balls he left even a little bit farther up out of the zone, got some pop-ups, but by and large, he got under barrels by throwing that sinking fastball and had them beat the ball on the ground. And we heard Gino Damari and, the, and several players even mention you know, that they, they really thought that was the guy they could get to. They couldn't get to him. Uh, Peyton goes up there, the uh, SEC, or pardon me, the NCAA Regional Championship clinching win uh, to his credit. So what does that mean for Mississippi State pitching? Well, I think first and foremost, we will find out today, you know, and Lamonis kind of touched on it some earlier this week, but we will have, we will have a chance to speak with both teams later today. Ethan will start game one. I expect Peyton Plumlee game two, and we will figure it out if there's game three. A lot of questions about the health of JT Ginn, and it's really not so much the health as it is the availability, right? Because I think we all can understand this is not a major injury. It's not even a major ailment. It is just really, you know, it is an irritant and some inflammation and a chronic thing this year that has kind of, you know, kept him from being uh, quite as effective as he would like to be. So, I can promise you he wants to pitch, okay? There are not many kids that have ever worn a maroon and white uniform as competitive as JT. He, he wants the ball. He wants to be able to send us to Omaha. But it would be great to be able to get to the weekend and I need him and then somehow find a way to win. And so I think State has enough arms. The main thing is just being able to keep the ball down. Ethan Small, uh, among the best pitchers in college baseball, the SEC Pitcher of the Year. Also uh, one of the top pitchers that Stanford will see all season long. Got a couple of guys out there at UCLA and Cal that can sling it around pretty good. But uh, I don't know if they've seen anybody like Ethan Small. And everything, here's what everybody tells me, okay? In post game, we have a chance to talk to some of these players and read their comments and, and uh, watch the video and their analysis of Ethan Small. Is it, you see that elevated fastball on film and you think you can get to it, you think you can get the, the barrel to it. And then you get in the batter's box and you find out that because of that spin rate, it's more difficult to get to than you realize. And everybody seems to have a good game plan until they see it. And you got to think, look how deep we are into the year. And there really hadn't been anybody that's really beat Ethan Small up this year. Just that hadn't been the case. Uh, No matter who we played, uh, he's been very durable. He's went out and played exceptionally hard every single game. Some days, even when he hadn't had his bad stuff, he finds a way to compete and get through it. Uh, that's the mark of a true champion. It's what you expect from your Friday night guy. And I can tell you the same stuff that's in Ethan Small is in JT again. He's just a couple of years younger. Just a couple of years younger. So it's one of those deals where State's going to piece this thing together. We've got the pitching to win the regional. And that's one is when you lose one of your weekend guys and you begin to think, okay, what are we going to do here? As we, as we saw last weekend, you know, JT couldn't go um, deep into the ballgame. And State still found a way to piece it together and really kept uh, Miami off balance. I mean, pardon me, that was in, against Peyton Plumley, but uh, against Central Michigan. You, you find a way to figure it out. Southern, pardon me, goodness gracious, where's my mind today? But my point being is that you've got the arms. You've got people that can go win this thing for you. I've already put the regional in the rearview mirror. 
but I think there is a real chance you see JT again pitch this weekend. I think ideally what you want to be able to do, though, is uh, maybe save him for game three and hopefully not have to use him at all. That way he's a lot closer to uh, you know, to good health when you get to, to Omaha. And that, that's the goal, right? That's the absolute goal is to get to Omaha and be ready to go. You know, I mentioned about it, about Ethan, you know, not being a guy that's been, that's been beat up all year. I don't know if you know this, but let, let's just kind of take a second to appreciate the greatness that has been Ethan Small this year. Uh, the most hits that he allowed all year was seven against Sam Houston State and against Tennessee. Seven. That's it. We won both of those ball games. He allowed. What's, it's funny how life works. He gives up one hit against Southern Miss, and we lose one nothing. It's insane. Gives up two hits against Florida, we get a W. Gives up three against OSU, we get a win. Three against Auburn. Two against Georgia, we get a win. Throws a no hitter against A and M, we get a win. Three against Ole Miss, we get a win. South Carolina three, we get a win, and then gives up three against Vanderbilt, and we get a one nothing loss. So nobody has been able to rake Ethan Small. Nobody. 96 innings pitched, just 53 hits allowed, uh, just 22 earned runs, 160 strikeouts. Had a lot, a whole lot of extra base hits either. Just seven home runs allowed on the year. Two of those came against Auburn. He's allowed one home run uh, I guess last five starts. I think that's correct. Six starts. A&M, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Central Michigan. Gave up a home run to Central Michigan. So my honest opinion is, let's say we play one. Let's say we play two. Let's play three. I expect Ethan Small to win his start. And I don't really care who they tried out there. I think this would be the final start at Duty Noble Field for Ethan Small. He has the draft behind him. He knows that he is a first-round selection. He's got people working for him now. He can focus on Mississippi State baseball. I expect him to come out and give his absolute best effort this weekend. And when you when you got a guy that can go out there, it's nearly automatic. Nearly automatic. You feel really good about your chances. And I and I, I don't I don't care who they try out there to oppose him. I just think I think the magic of Duty Noble Field will Will State to a win over Stanford with Ethan Small on the hill. And then you figure it out from there. 9-2 and two on the year. Could finish 10-2 and two, uh, and then before heading to Omaha. And so, again, it's one of those things you look at and you begin to realize, okay, we, we have something they don't. We got probably arguably the most dominant Friday night guy in the country and certainly the most dominant Friday night guy in the SEC. What's incredible, too, you begin to think about arm care and that sort of stuff. Ethan's only exceeded 100 pitches four times this year. That's it. That's it. He's been 99 a few times. Only been over 100 four times this year. One of those coming against South Carolina. Probably Vanderbilt. We'll get his best effort. Eager to see what the crowds look like this weekend. A lot of people are uh, kind of on the fence. A lot of people are talking about getting standing room only tickets. A lot of people are kind of saying, hey, Steve, I want to see the ball game, but I don't want to sit out there in the rain. You know, I can't tell anybody how to act. 
at all. I'm not going to do that, especially those that got small kids. I can't imagine anything more miserable than having to deal with your kids in the rain uh, at the ballpark. I understand. But I, I expect it will have a good crowd on uh, on Saturday. I don't know if you guys are planning to make the trip. I've got some other folks that say, listen, if I'm only going to get one, I'm going to probably come Sunday and hope that's the clincher and um, be able to be a part of that. Got to work on Monday, so I got to pick and choose, you know. But uh, there, there's a lot of concern about availability of tickets and that sort of stuff. And uh, I had read yesterday that uh, chairbacks or grandstand tickets were all sold out in like two minutes. And so, you know, it's it's about supply and demand. And I understand there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, Bulldog Club members that weren't able to get tickets. And, and uh, I don't know that there are any, any easy solutions to that. But for those of you, and I, and I, want, I, want, I want to say this as directly as I can, and uh, if I step on your toes, I hope that it hurts. But anybody that is buying tickets just to sell them, and to gouge other Mississippi State fans, you you are you're part of the problem in the world. There's absolutely no excuse for any of that. We've all been in a situation of needing to get tickets and couldn't get them, whether it be for a Mississippi State ball game or a football game or a rock concert or whatever. We've all been in a situation where there was somewhere we wanted to go, and uh, we were unable to go because we were unable to secure tickets. And so to be able to put your family. Because as we talk about that, right, we don't have fans, we're family, right? That's, that's, that's the phrase that pays for so long for Mississippi State. Why would you do that to your family? Why, I don't understand it. Why would you put other people that you supposedly care about, people that you depend on, people that love the same things you love, why would you put them in a position where they, they have to pay you know, four and $500 for something that you paid uh, you know, a lot less for? And uh, look, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, uh, in the great American commerce system but, uh, and, and capitalism and all that great stuff. But this is just price gouging your friends and family in order to make a buck or two. And listen, I don't know your situation financially, but if you're able to secure Mississippi State chairback tickets, if, you're, if, you, if you are wealthy enough to be able to pay um, you know, the donation required to be able to purchase those tickets, then, then I can't imagine that that extra 100 200 bucks is going to make a difference in your life. But it's very disappointing, very, very disappointing. You know, uh, I don't need those tickets, but there are a lot of people out there that do. And uh, I know on the Jeans Page Ticket Forum, I think there's like 90 different people looking for tickets for this weekend. And uh, there being some people are going to have to go pay, you know, those exorbitant charges, you know. And I get it. It's one thing. It's one thing when you know, you know, if you're going to the Super Bowl and your team gets in there late, you kind of, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get, right? But I think we're losing a little something here at Mississippi State when uh, when that's the situation. We have other Bulldog fans. And listen, that may not be the case. There may be some other people you know, paying the freight on this deal. But it's very, very disappointing to find out that the people, longtime Bulldog fans, who are who can pay and are willing to pay you know, full value for these tickets, aren't able to get them because other people are trying to cash in on Mississippi State's success and the demand of the Mississippi State fan base. And so... Uh, that's my piece on that, but uh, I think it's unfortunate. I don't, I don't know how to fix it. I mean, I guess if, if I had the solution to that, you know, we could go on the road and go all over the country and fix it everywhere. But uh, I, my hope is, is that other people out there will look at it and say, you know what, we're just, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I just think it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to see Mississippi State people take advantage of other Mississippi State people. 
Some folks that won't take advantage of you, some people that will serve you, is our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. They are absolutely the best place in town, the Golden Triangle, perhaps the state of Mississippi, to buy a great restaurant-quality hamburger. We're going to encourage you to go by and treat yourself. You need to go treat yourself. There, there are a few great things in life that will exceed the enjoyment of a great restaurant-quality hamburger, and that's what you're going to get there. You're going to get a great restaurant-quality hamburger at Bulldog Burger Company every time you go. If you're... Um, if you're a newbie, if you're new to Bulldog Burger Company, you've been wanting to try it, let me encourage you, get the Bulldog, okay? That's great, straightforward, traditional, American-made hamburger. But if you want to be a little exotic, maybe you want to get out there, maybe you're a veteran, maybe you've been in the game a little while, maybe it's time to try the mission, maybe it's time to try the pimentology, maybe it's time to try the smokehouse. Walk on the wild side a little bit, you, you can do that there, and you can get it how you want it, okay? You know, like if there's, there's some things on there, like when I get the mission, I get the pico de gallo on the side. I'm a no-onions guy, man, all the way around. I'll eat the – I can't eat raw onions. It's one of those things that just uh, have a violent reaction to that. You know, just, ugh, the thought of it just makes my skin crawl. But you don't have to deal with that. You can get it exactly how you want it. And go by have the spring rolls. They'll make you better looking. And uh, everybody around you deserves that. That's Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So, uh, looking through these Stanford numbers here, kind of looking at some some guys that you need to be somewhat familiar with. You know, Stanford is not a great offensive team. Yes, they have some big numbers. They do not hit the baseball. What I would I would say that there there are some outs in this lineup that can be had. So, looking at these numbers here as a team, Stanford is hitting 281. 281. To put that in comparison, Mississippi State's hitting 316. Now, Mississippi State second best in the Southeastern Conference only to Vanderbilt and fifth in the country in, in team batting average. So state hitting the baseball a little bit better. Don't have the home runs that they do. Uh, but uh, there's only three guys in the Stanford order hitting above 300, and there's one guy hitting right at 300. A lot of 200 hitters in this order. Will Matheson hitting 322. Started off 57 games. You know, he's you know, he's kind of the straw that stirs a drink up there. 12 home runs, 52 RBI, 27 walks, strikes out decent number of times, 52 times. Uh, no threat, still base. Not a single attempt all year. Number 19, Will Matson. That, that's a guy you're going to have to be, uh, you know, you're going to have to keep an eye on him. You know, the, he's a guy you can't group a pitch to. Part of the deal. So, uh, Duke, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but I think it's Kenamon, hitting 309. Uh, worked its way in the lineup, six home runs, 32 ribbies. A little more of a threat to steal the base, 12 of 15 on the year. 309, that's a robust average, especially considering, the, and, and this is a kid from Peachtree, Georgia, by the way, Peachtree City, Georgia. These aren't all California kids. A lot of these guys grew up playing you know, travel team baseball against your Bulldogs. A lot of guys from the southeast on this team, you know. And uh, as some people say, they're, they're a lot like Vanderbilt because of the fact that uh, a little different deal there with the uh, endowed scholarships and all that. Uh, Kyle Stowers is the guy that kind of makes it go for them. Recently drafted Kyle Stowers from El Cajon, California. Outfielder also pitches a little bit, 6'3", 200 pounds. Big part of their order. Eight home runs, 38 RBI, uh, 13 of 17 stolen bases. And then Andrew 
Daskbach, I'm part, I apologize to his family. He's hitting right at 300, started off 57 games this year, 17 home runs, 45 RBI. Brandon Wolf is a guy, too, hit 270, but he is a guy that leads him in home runs with 19. 19 long flies this year. So some power up and down the order. Not necessarily a lot of guys that put the ball in play every time. They, they do have the ability to strike out some. Uh, and I think that's where it's really going to be helpful for a guy like Ethan Small. I think he can put together some big numbers against them. And then uh, Peyton Plumlee's together matches up pretty well, too. Peyton, however, not really a strikeout pitcher. You know, he when Peyton is grooving, it's about ground balls. And these guys are free swingers. They're going to put the ball in play. And so I, I feel like Peyton Plumlee can have a good outing against them. It's just a matter of making sure that outing uh, takes place. You know, we're, again, I think we're going to get ball games in this weekend. But uh, you got to be prepared for everything. I don't think there's any question. Now, looking at the uh, the other side, pitching wise, uh, you know they they've got some guys that you know <laughs> that can play. I mean, that's the Pac-12 is kind of built on pitching. You know, pitching defense. They, they're not going to boot the ball around a whole lot. That's just you know, it's one of those things about those Pac-12 teams that they win with pitching and defense. And these guys can swing it a little bit. And and people forget, Stanford got upset in their regional last year. Uh, got upset by Cal State Fullerton. And so this is a team that hadn't had a lot of success getting beyond the regional. It's been a while since they've been to Omaha. And so Mississippi State, arguably the most experienced team in the country when it comes to postseason play. But they've got some real talent. <clears throat> They're going to have to really pitch pitch well, uh, I think, to, to keep Mississippi State you know, off the board. But these, these, I believe, will be some very competitive ball games. I, I'm, I like we, we how much fun Miami was. I expect it to be similar to that. I don't think it's going to be like Southern. I don't think it'll be a scoring fest. I think it's going to be you know where every defensive play matters and and getting in and out of the field efficiently is going to be a big part of things. I don't think there's any question. Uh, every out's going to be more valuable than ever because of what's at stake here. So uh, look at the guys we expect to see. Uh, Brendan Beck. 3.25 ERA, 5-3 and three on the year, 88 innings pitched, 95 hits allowed. Uh, Strikeout-to-walk ratio, yeah, pretty decent there. 81 Ks, 22 walks. Not, not, not getting too far ahead, not getting far behind. Uh, Eric Miller, 3.15 ERA, 15-15 and 15 starts this year, 8-2 record. Um, you know, one of those guys, too, 88, in, pardon me, 80 innings pitched, uh, 66 hits allowed, 97 Ks, which leads the team. You know, obviously a guy that uh, has had uh, some level of success. A little bit of control issues at time with him. 42 walks against 97 strikeouts, also 10 wild pitches. Uh, but that that's a, a guy we certainly expect to see. Now we will get the pitching announcements later today. We'll have an opportunity to figure that out when we uh, we speak with coaches. We'll uh, we'll go to practice. We'll we'll uh, have post game post practice commentary from coaches and players. Uh, but this is one of those days where I think that uh, we're, we probably won't find out a whole lot other than what we'll see you know, tomorrow because I think everybody will kind of, you know, probably play, you know, kind of hit or miss here with this with this weather because you don't want to get out there and get over your skis a little bit. It's, what, I'm, what I'm worried about is let's say we get out there and try to play a ball game on Sunday and then the rains come and then we have to sit somebody. And so you end up burning a pitcher uh, that may be having a good day or, you know, and you lessen their availability because of the fact that you uh, 
you, know, you have to start and sit, start and sit, start and sit. And I don't think anybody wants to play a game that way. Uh, but this Stanford team, they're, they're going to be a lot like Vanderbilt in the respect that they're going to have a lot of these guys that are incredibly intelligent, guys that uh, had the opportunity to go elsewhere, the need-based scholarship conversation will kind of rear its head again. But the bottom line is you're the better team playing in your yard. You need to find a way to win this. And I think with Mississippi State's experience, I think with Jake Mangum and Ethan Small and Elijah McNamee, I think that uh, you can look at this and say, okay, this is our last hurrah here at Dirty Noble Field. We're not going to let anybody come in here and push us around and have us leave here with a bitter taste in our mouth. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I just, I just can't see a scenario where the Bulldogs just come out flat. I think we all know what Jake Mangum brings to the table. And I think when you look at the fact that the, the draft is now over, right, that's behind us now. And a uh, very eventful day on, on Wednesday, uh, Elijah Magnum, not drafted, but I'm told that he will sign a camp deal with somebody. Yeah, he's not done. And I, and I know a lot of people out there very sympathetic in that situation. It's very well you should be. Elijah Magnum, he's been a great ambassador for Mississippi State. But he's not done. He'll go to camp with somebody. He'll go to rookie ball. I expect him to make a team somewhere. Don't know all. Yeah, I've heard a couple things. But, you know, you don't. You never know what's going to happen in those deals. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you'd like to have been able to have him drafted, which means everybody would have been drafted. You know, everybody that you expected to be drafted would be taken care of. Uh, so 11 draftees, which ties a school record. The 2016 team that won the SEC, absolutely loaded. This team, pretty comparable to that. Pretty comparable, except I think you've got a little uh, better order. The bottom third of the order is better. Marshall Gilbert drafted big for him as a catcher, even. It would be the Pirates organization. Dustin Skelton drafted uh, big for him. Went a little bit later than I expected, but uh, I, I suspect that he's gone. Jared Liebold, of course, drafted. Cole Gordon drafted. Both those guys uh, going in the later rounds. Liebold goes to the 20th. Barlow drafted. And so you feel really good about that. At number one, because I think it, it it puts everybody at ease. They have something to look forward to now. There is no longer the anxiety of, well, I wonder if I'll get drafted by which team, where will we go after this, when do we report. All of that is now off the table. Elijah McNamee, I suspect, will come out very, very motivated. And as somebody shared on Twitter, Motivated Mac is my favorite Mac. I, I think he will come out with a chip on his shoulder and have something to prove. But I, I think right now, their school is over. There's no classwork to do. There's no suitcase to pack. There's no draft considerations to consider. Now it is just about Mississippi State baseball. That That's what the focus is this weekend. It is the last time that this team will ever play at Dirty Noble Field. This collection of players, they will come out ready to go. I am confident of that. It's one of those things, too, that if Ethan Small gets you a W in game one, I expect it to be, I think it's an 0-2 deal. I really do. I think once the blood is in the water, State will find a way to finish the deal. So for those of you that's kind of jonesing for some college baseball, and I am, it's one of those things is I've been, I'm, I kind of hate that we've got the Saturday Regional, even though that uh, – we could probably use that extra day of rest. But um, 
eager to see some baseball. In fact, the game's already going on right now. East, so the here's how it's all set up for today. East Carolina and Louisville already playing. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech head-to-head in the afternoon game. The early evening game will be Duke and Vanderbilt. And then Michigan-UCLA in the nightcap. So you can turn on college baseball right now, and you can watch it the rest of the evening. Now, tomorrow is going to be a little different deal. It's going to be a full day of college baseball. Everybody's going to play tomorrow. Everybody's got a scheduled game for tomorrow. So you'll have some games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tomorrow, here's your schedule. You'll have Ole Miss and Arkansas in the early game. Around that same time, Auburn, North Carolina will be getting in their way. And then in the afternoon, you get three afternoon sessions. You have Stanford, Mississippi State. You have Florida State, LSU. Louisville, East Carolina again. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Vanderbilt, Duke, UCLA, Michigan. You can have, you'll have some regionals starting tomorrow. You can have some regionals end tomorrow. Everybody on the road this week, uh, you know, need to find a way to get a win early. It's one of those things you you look at, you know, Duke surprising A&M a little bit last weekend. Uh, I don't think they sneak up on the Vanderbilt Commodores. I, I expect Vandy to advance. Would love, I'll be pulling for Duke. Would love to see Duke take them down and then have an opportunity to play those guys in Omaha. Um, UCLA, Michigan, you know, Michigan has proven to be a pretty solid Big Ten team this year. And their reward for that is going to Los Angeles and playing the number one team in the tournament. Um, I don't I don't know that I think UCLA can win it. I really don't. Still, uh, still a little bit sour over these um, in-conference matchups with Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, Ole Miss and Arkansas. You know, uh, somebody's got to lose, but it's one of those things that uh, – I, I, I just don't think you can force conference parity. I, I just I don't think that's the right thing to do. And uh, I think it's pretty apparent that's what happened here. But all that said, you know, the bracket is what it is, and everybody's got to play their way through. Uh, and obviously the immediate concern is the availability of, of JT Ginn from Mississippi State and then the weather this weekend. And I, I'm going to go ahead and give you my thoughts on that. I expect JT Ginn to pitch if we get into Monday. I don't think I don't think he's going to pitch any other way. I don't think it's the only way it's going to happen is if we get into uh, into Monday. And uh, certainly Peyton Plumlee capable of getting Mississippi State a win over Stanford. Uh, you know, he has been as competitive as anybody on the pitching staff down the stretch. Uh, he's a senior. Will be uh, you know having his final appearance at Duty Noble Field, and he also knows that um, there is something beyond. This weekend, there is something beyond Mississippi State baseball for him. And good for that kid, I'll tell you. You guys know on Wednesday I talked about the story of redemption there and how happy I am for him. Uh, but I, I expect to get his best effort. We, and we talk about kind of getting hot at the right time. Uh, that's what people always say. Because you look that Mississippi State team last year, hot at the right time. Fresno State wins a national championship a few years ago, uh, hot at the right time. But you've got some guys from Mississippi State that are, that are playing their best baseball uh, of the year. I don't think there's any question. And I think Peyton Plumlee is in that conversation. Uh, when you look at what Peyton has done here, let's just take a look here you know, down the stretch here, okay? Uh, get you a win over Georgia. Pardon me, win over A&M. Get you a win against Ole Miss. Does take a loss against South Carolina. Gives you a nice effort against Vanderbilt. And then gets you a win over Miami. 
And so when you begin to look at what you know he has done down the stretch, I, and, and all of those are very, very good opponents, right? The South Carolina loss, you remember we gave up four runs in that deal. Uh, gave up some uh, gave up some bases in that game we probably shouldn't have. We did not have a good Sunday. I don't know if we, what happened in that situation, but we, just, we didn't play it exceptionally well. Uh, Peyton gives up five hits and four runs. And uh, – Pitch well enough to win. We didn't do much offensively until late, if you remember. But uh, but down the stretch, Peyton's been very good. And so I expect that uh, he is a guy that will be able to pitch very well at home. Because, again, just think about the pressure associated with his recent starts here. On the road at A&M, in a game we had to have, right? On the road, in a game to clinch a series. Because we lose the middle game against Ace Lacey, JT again, Ace Lacey pair up there. Couldn't get any run support against Lacey. Then he wins on the road at Ole Miss. We're trying to get a sweep up there, right? And then we're then South Carolina game down here. We're trying to close out the regular season and win the SEC West. And then he pitches in the SEC tournament against Vanderbilt, who some consider the best team in the country, and then gets you a win in the regional clincher. So he has been money down the stretch. So I feel 100% confident in him going out there and giving us a great effort. If we can get to the weekend and win and get to Omaha without using JT again, I think that even makes next week uh, an even better deal. I think we, we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's get through the week, the weekend here, and we'll, fi- we'll figure next week out. And I know some of you, your travel plans, much like mine, are probably the same. It's let's just focus on Stanford and then we'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll find something somewhere. We, you know, whether we camp or use Airbnb or whatever, we will find a way to get to Omaha. But now Mississippi State's time to go to go make it all happen. And uh, you know, we, we look at offensively how things are going. And and as you guys saw last weekend, we get Jake going in the regional clincher against Miami. We get Jordan Westbrook going. Tanner Allen keeps going. I, and I'm still waiting for Justin Foscue to have that big NCAA moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, there there will come a point when he is going to turn one around and drop it in the lounge that's going to either put State ahead or put the game away. You know, he has kind of quietly gone about his business here down the stretch. But I'm, I'm looking for a big game from him at some point this weekend. I, I, think, I think he is the snake hiding in the reeds for that Mississippi State offense. I think people have kind of, you know, they look at him and say, okay, he's got these big numbers. you got to be careful with him. But at some point – with the guys in front of him getting on base, there there will come a situation where Foskey's going to come up, and I think he's going to come through. I, I'm really excited about the future with him, but I think it's one of those deals, too, where you've had some big moments. There's some guys that have had their NCAA regional moment offensively, and I'm waiting for Justin to have his. You know, Rowdy was hot all weekend last week, and I expect that to continue. But when you begin to think about this order – we never give any time off. We continue to grind against you. We give you a tough time. We get you excited about life, and then we rip the rip it right out from under you. And I'm expecting Justin to do that this weekend. I, I think that he is a guy that is just waiting to break out again. I think he's about to go on the tear. Heard a lot of good things about how he's been in practice over the course of the last couple of weeks, and people have been real careful pitching around him because it's diff- mistakes this week, this time of year, difficult to come back from. But uh, excited to see you guys back out here at Dirty Noble Field. I hope that you can come out and uh, and be part of this this weekend. And I understand the weather's a concern, but uh, there's not too many times in life you get a chance to watch your team win their way to Omaha on the home field. And there have been so many times that many of us have pulled up that 
that Clemson Mitch Moreland video on YouTube, you know the one I'm talking about, right? We hadn't had a lot of those moments as of late here at the Dude. We had the disappointment in 2016, uh, losing to Arizona. Probably a year we should have won a national championship, but it is what it is. We didn't win it. We got beat. We were here that year to watch State win the SEC regular season championship, but it's been a while since we have been able to celebrate a birth in Omaha, right here at Dirty Noble Field. So don't let a little rain keep you away. Because you know we went in 2013, we went and won that Super Virginia, right? A chance to host a Super right here at Dirty Noble Field. Grab a poncho, go buy Canvas Bookmark, buy buy your rain gear, and come be a part of this thing. Because these are memories that will sustain you a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things you watch on TV, but there's just something about being here that you're going to want to share this moment with your friends and family. I know when... um, 2016, we, we won the regional here, and it was very important to me uh, that I had both of my sons there because I wanted to be able to say this is something that we shared, even though we couldn't sit together. I wanted to make sure that they were there so we can come back one day and say, remember that time in 2016 when Mississippi State won the regional and we were all there to see it and how great that was? Um, we were also there all to watch us lose to Arizona. But my point being is that I think some big things are going to happen this weekend, and you're going to want to be a part of that. You're going to want to be here to cheer for the Bulldogs. And it sounds like a lot of people are, are going to be here. Uh, not sure what to expect numbers-wise, but uh, don't let the rain keep you and yours away. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll have an opportunity to talk about the regional it was. And my hope is, when we get into Monday, that uh, we're not playing baseball for the right reasons. I hope we're not playing baseball Monday because we've taken care of business on Saturday and Sunday. But if we are, we'll be previewing a game on Monday. And uh, my hope is that it's still college baseball season on Tuesday. And we come back on Wednesday, we're, we're talking about making a trip to Omaha, Nebraska. And this team is capable of getting there. This team is capable of winning the whole thing. It's as simple as that. This could be the year. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies. And people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.